Welcome to the Informants Nerdcast, presented by Nerd Informants Media. The Informants Nerdcast is powered by Branson's IMAX Entertainment Complex, The Sign Man and Hollister, Comic Force, White River Design Company, and 1984 Branson Arcade. Definitely happy to be back and happy to say what is up, fellow geeks and nerds. Welcome back to the Informants Nerdcast. It is season one, episode number five. I am a nerd. And I am Josh Grisham. I'm also a nerd, and guess what? You can call me Tim Church. It is your podcast breaking down all things that you want to know about, keeping you informed in nerd culture, comic books, collectibles, video games, movie news, pop culture, and everything else in between. It is a sultry day in the month of June, the last day in June of 2020. I wish we could say we were bringing the heat, but Mother Nature already got that one started. And of course... Kicking off the discussion in this week's Nerdcast, we're still stuck in movie delay hell. 2020 has not been kind, and it brings us to the table discussing Christopher Nolan's Tenet. We're not seeing it now until mid-August. Yeah, we were really hoping to get that in July, but uh, unfortunately, August 12th. Guys, that's... We, we can't rescue the summer movie season unless we've got movies to show in the summer. It's am, am I am I am I preaching to the lone choir? I mean, I know like somewhere out there right now, he's listening to the podcast and he's going, preach it, Josh. Stay up on your soapbox. Talk about this until you're blue in the face. That'd be my buddy Evan Bauer. What's up, Evan? Breaking the fourth wall. Hey, man. So hopefully, you know, end of July, we, we we've got July 31st. Russell Crowe's new movie is going to be making its debut. Hopefully, unhinged, unhinged, road rage. Uh, very. Uh, interestingly shaped Russell Crowe uh, in this film. Can I, can I just, can I just refer to him as rotund Russell? He, uh, he's not, uh, I'm going to stop there. Yeah. Uh, Go for it. (laughs) He's, he's, he's a shadow of his former crow. But if you, if you want to look at where the movie season is officially going to kick off, Tim is right. It is July 31st and it will set up with unhinged until that time. we're, We're getting some cool stuff that, that's going to be coming out. We're, we're going to be going back to the past with some classics and movie theaters kind of getting innovative with their lineup to fill the month of July because pretty much everything has absolutely vacated that month and has moved to August. And you're going to find out more about that as the podcast continues on. But but we start with Tenet. Yeah, we got started with Tenet. Hey, real quick, you took the time, you went online and you discovered that that tenant is a real word. Christopher <laughs> Nolan w- was not just making things up. And of course, yeah. he's popular on the Internet right now for a whole other reason, because Anne Hathaway called him out on his apparently uh, secret pensions for not allowing any chairs on set whatsoever. But anyway, I digress. Back to tenant. It, it, it's got a meaning. Yeah, I, I just Googled it just to confirm the, the release date uh, once again. And uh, just to make sure it was still August 12th, because, you know, last few seconds it could have changed. Yeah, the way things are going. Uh, But yeah, Tenet is defined online as a principle or belief, especially one of the main principles of a religion or philosophy. It's actually comes from its origins of the late 16th century. uh, And in Latin, it literally means he holds. So curious to see if any of that whatsoever has anything to do with the symbolic nature that's going to be behind this film. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it, there, there's so many unknowns still about this film and so many questions that we need answered. And is, is it a time travel movie? Is it a time travel a loophole movie? I mean, is there time machines involved? Is one man a time machine? I, I, I don't get it. But time somehow moves backwards. Uh, Christopher Nolan's going to make it happen. We'll see what happens on August 12th. Thank God we're moving on because I do not have any desire to discuss that movie anymore because it's a Christopher Nolan movie. The crazy thing about it is, folks, I'll just I'll just I'll just tell you right now, when you go and watch Tenet, you're going to leave the theater and you're still going to have a ton of questions. And yep, the movie's probably not going to have anything to do with the definition that Tim just described for you as well. It's a Christopher Nolan flick. Anyway, moving on. Something we can understand. I can understand the fact The Last of Us Part Two has done remarkably well since its release. How well has it done, friends? It's done really well. It's sold more than 4 million copies since launch, divisive or otherwise, people hating the story or otherwise, 
trolling it or otherwise, continuing to bash it online or otherwise, this thing has still done well. Four million copies plus since launch. So well done to Neil Druckmann and the team at Naughty Dog. Storytellers at their very finest and one of the best at their craft in the gaming world. And that's, I, that's massive. And I feel like we do need to point out that even though this this storyline that the video game, the, the leaks that came out and people were bashing it and criticizing it, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't think the fans matter. I don't think the fans cared one bit about what, what the early critics had to say. <laughs> Four million copies say otherwise, guys. Yeah, it, it, so, pre- it pretty much means that we all went to the store and we bought our copies and brought it home. Yeah, so professional critics, you, you know what to do. Find where the place where the sun doesn't shine. Okay, so... Guilty pleasure, guilty pleasure time. Now, if you've seen this, then I'm going to feel bad because I obviously I need to get caught up. Apparently, people out there really like this franchise. Uh, Gerard Butler, <laughs> he he has sat down with Entertainment Weekly and he was talking about sequels to both Angel Has Fallen and Den of Thieves. Both of those films are in the works. Yeah. So, you know, that's great. Will they see the theaters? I mean... These are really popular, and I guess I just don't get it. I guess that this is a boat that I just have not climbed in yet. So, so here's the thing. I, I mean, Jared Butler's cool. I mean, all I, I, I love Jared Butler. Like he, he's probably one of my favorite like action film guys. I mean, in my mind, he's up there with like Tom Cruise and maybe some of the others. But uh, I, I really liked Olympus Has Fallen. I never saw London Has Fallen. Angel Has Fallen has been sitting in my Netflix queue, but I don't want to watch it before I see London. And now there's a possible fourth one. I feel almost overwhelmed by the amount of Mike Banning potential that there is. Because uh, I, I remember it, it feels only like yesterday. Is there a spinoff London Bridges Falling Down? <laughs> yeah, that Morgan Freeman's character. He, he spins off and he does that. And I mean, yeah. what else What else can fall in this series? Uh, I, mean, I, I mean, lots of stuff, I guess. I mean, so so the China White House fallen. fell, London fell, uh, Mike Banning himself as the angel fell from Graces is what I'm based on the trailer. Uh, so Universe has fallen. Uh Planet has fallen. Earth has fallen. China has fallen. COVID has fallen. Ooh. Ooh. I like that. Gerard Butler has fallen and he can't get up. Yeah. I mean, mean, there's... (laughs) That's going to be like the 12th sequel uh, in the franchise. I mean, (laughs) fallen. I mean, obviously, I mean, we reported on it. Apparently, I mean, people really like this. I mean, to the tune of 36 of our followers. Yeah, people uh, took the time on social media. Yeah, so I just... I guess I've got to get on the boat and I've got to do my due diligence as a nerd informant to sit down and rewatch these films and get reconnected to the storyline. Because I, if I was in a room with you and we were talking about this film series, you would talk, you would talk circles around me. I wouldn't be able to keep up. Now, if you've seen Den of Thieves, because I haven't, I have no idea what that one's about. I have not seen Den of Thieves. So, so that's another one that, nerd that's card. got a that's got a sequel possibly in the works. Um, after I, I went back and I looked at the article and. Uh, you know, there's a script in process and like they have the idea and I guess it's just a matter of getting out there and getting through COVID and getting getting it filmed. Um, so it, it's definitely going to happen, it looks like. But so I, I guess maybe we need to head to Redbox and see if we can get this one. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know if I want to drive down there and waste my time to go get it. But, you know, I'll, I'll do my homework at some point. Anywho, moving on. Otherwise, I'm just going to sit and ramble about a film I know nothing about. Yeah, let's transition. Um, okay. Gracefully. I, here. I feel bad. There, There's no grace in this at all. I mean, <laughs> I love Margot Robbie. I mean, I have not spent time on the podcast, um, you know, professing my love for Margot Robbie because, I mean, that would just be a self-defeating thing. Margot Robbie is never going to listen to this podcast. She's never even going to know that I care about her as an actress and a person, but... She's setting sail with help from her Birds of Prey writer, Christina Hodson. Now, Hodson (laughs) has been tapped to write a new female-fronted Pirates of the Caribbean for Disney, and Robbie is attached to start of this. Now, this has nothing to do with the former Johnny Depp-led Pirates franchise films. It's totally separate, not even set in the same world. This is a totally different film project. Project is separate from the already announced franchise reboot being developed by pirate scribe Ted Elliott and Chernobyl creator Craig Mazin. So totally different. And do you know how popular this news was, friends? Do you know how popular this was? This was so popular to the point that I think people just skipped right over it on our social channels. And to this day, I don't even think anybody knows that it's happening. Yeah, honestly. What what what's the deal? Like this news broke and nobody was talking about it. Nobody 
I don't know. Are we burned out on pirates? I mean, I feel like we were burned out on pirates when they came up with Stranger Tides. Are we burned out on Margot Robbie? I, I, th- that's a possibility. I mean, l- let's be do honest. We, do we have Margot Robbie fatigue? Uh, is the, that a thing? The emancipation of Harley, one Harley Quinn uh, bombed so bad and left such a nasty taste in our mouth, and it was immediately followed by the pandemic itself. So two things leaving bad taste in our mouths. I mean, I feel that we James, head into isolation. I feel that James Gunn is going to make her cool again, but we've still got to wait before that happens. I, I, I'm crossing my fingers that... Mr. Gunn can save the DCEU as a whole, period, but also save Margot Robbie from that dreadful, dreadful film that they made. So what's uh, happening? I mean, maybe maybe she's going to be cool as a pirate. So I mean, did, did Kira Knightley do a sufficient job in proving to you that, that female pirates could be cool? I mean, it took her, like, almost all the movies to really become a female pirate, but... Yeah, I mean, it, it reached that point, and honestly, when she became the pirate... I lost even more interest. I, I enjoyed seeing her more in a non, you know, I don't know what to call it, an official damsel role. in distress kind of, you know, well, Elizabeth Swan that, but she, she was always, you know, an independent character on her own, but yeah. then they gave her a title of captain. And I don't know. It just felt like she lost her freedom to as a character to do more throughout the franchise it seemed like they tied her down with that role in the third film and i just didn't care for it very much speaking of tying her down she almost didn't make it out of the first one they almost choked her to death with a corset yeah that's neither here nor there but yeah this is happening margot robbie she's going to be a pirate and let's just hope we all get over our margot robbie fatigue if you've been diagnosed with that to potentially enjoy this this new pirate spinoff. Yeah. I, I love Margot. Um I, I think it's interesting that they're trying to do this one as well as trying to do this other reboot possible sequel thing that they're doing with the Chernobyl creator. So I, I yeah. mean are, are they trying to launch two separate things and then come together and combine them? Are they trying to create a Pirates of the Caribbean of Avengers? Uh you know, what, what what's what's the game plan here? I, I just it feels crowded. It feels very crowded to me. Yeah, well. So, anyway, uh, I feel like maybe you will need to talk about this more than I, uh, but Twitch made a very public removal uh, recently um, by Ooh, a fellow by the name of Dr. Disrespect. I'm, I'm going to call point of order because we need to jump back a day as well before we get into Dr. Disrespect. We need to talk about Ghostbusters. Oh, you you actually want to talk about that? Because I don't want to talk about that. Why don't you want to talk about that? Because we don't get to watch Ghostbusters. The rest of the world might, but we what, don't. Well, wait a minute, though. What 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 happens though if we complain enough on this podcast? What happens if somebody listens and they do something about it? Then you know. Do we, pro- do we, do we, do we, let me just let me just ask you this: Do we have that much power yet? Um, or are we gaining that much prominence through the podcasting community to say, "Hey, we don't have this. The world has it." Tomorrow's the day, and you really shouldn't be missing the boat relative to this. It's huge. Well, let's let's complain. Let's see what happens. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, and, and you're right. And I mean, you go off on whatever rails you want to go off. I'm just simply going to say, how could you miss this? That that's that's what I want to say. How could you miss this? This is a beloved film. Ghostbusters Afterlife is going to be huge. And you should not have missed the mark because this is a special thing. This is not just going and paying $400 or $600 and getting Ghostbusters and slapping it up on a screen for a couple of days. This is digital, pristine cut of Ghostbusters to which a lot of your movie-going audience across the Ozarks probably never seen it on the giant screen before. I have not. That would be very cool for me. I would buy a ticket for that. But also, there is a special message after the movie that has been put in with this that could uh, tie potentially into Afterlife. So that's a reason to sell tickets. That's a reason to go out and make sure that you have this and you're ready to go for July 1st. So just to backtrack even further so everyone understands, it was announced on our page as well as places all over the world that Ghostbusters would be returning to the big screen on July 1st. Uh, Then followed everything by... Josh said, we here locally in Missouri have not yet heard of a single place that will be offering this uh, in our district. So we're not picking on just one person. No, we're, we're picking one on the state of Missouri as a whole. Like no one in the entire state that I'm aware of has made this addition to their cinema lineup. 
uh, starting tomorrow. So, and, and let me just, let me just or, tell you yeah. how important this is for you maybe to Two months, rectify the problem and maybe get a hold of this, maybe participate in movie night, but at a later time, maybe you've still got a chance. If you're listening, I would inquire about it. Why, why would I say that you need to inquire about this? I, I'm going to say that you need to inquire about this because um, nearly 1,200 people through our social channels alone have seen this and care about this in some way, shape, or form. 1,200 people. How many theaters do you think that would fill in the area? We would fill up our local multiplex easily. Nope. Matter of fact, we would actually fill up all the theaters here in the area. Yeah. All the movie theaters in our particular area, and then maybe a couple of theaters up north in Springfield with the amount of people that we reached talking about this movie night for Ghostbusters. Anyway, okay, I'm done. <laughs> you have anything else that you want to add to that? Nope. Not at all. Let's talk about Mr. Disrespect. Uh, and you're going to force me to talk about Guy Beam, a.k.a. Dr. Disrespect. Now, you can make Tim, it as brief as you want. Tim Tim is, Tim is. I mean, he knows about Dr. Disrespect because I mean, we've talked about him before off podcast and off. And we posted some news stories relative to him. He's not He's not a personality that, that really is somebody that we cover. He is like really one of the most high profile streamers you're ever going to find on Twitch or pretty much any other platform that's out there. But he's known as Dr. Disrespect. Um, and he basically makes his living on Twitch streaming video games. He's mouthy. He's arrogant. He's cocky. Um, he shows disrespect in a variety of means. But the big story is he's been perma banned from Twitch. Nobody knows what's going on. There are a few people that know what's going on relative to his dismissal from Twitch. They apparently know the real reason why. Nobody's talking. So this has just driven the fan community up in arms. Everybody wants to know, why was he removed from Twitch? Twitch knows the answer, but apparently Twitch hasn't told Dr. Disrespect. Other people know why Dr. Disrespect is not on Twitch. So you know, do the math and think about this for a second. There's people out there claiming that they know why he was removed from Twitch. The only people that know why Dr. Disrespect have been removed from Twitch permanently are Dr. Disrespect, Twitch, his wife, his girlfriend, and probably his closest friends that he's talked to. That's it. If you're a random person out there claiming that you know why, just shut up. Just shut up and stop talking about it because you look stupid. And... They declined to provide a reason, and I'm talking about Twitch, saying in a statement to PC Gamer, these are, this is their words, this is Twitch's words, as is our process, we take appropriate action when we have evidence that a streamer has acted in violation of our community guidelines or terms of service. These apply to all streamers, regardless of status or prominence in the community. Now, there's going to be people out there that are talking about double standards and baiting and all of this stuff, because... That would lead you to discuss and talk about Alinity and Alinity's problems with animal abuse on stream or flashing some skin on stream, getting banned for a couple of days, and then she's back. What did Dr. Disrespect do? If you care about it this much, stay connected to the rest of his social channels that are still active, and maybe he's going to come out and talk about it. Maybe this is going to be a complete publicity stunt. It's all an act, it's a game, and he is going to appear on Facebook Gaming down the road, or he's going to uh, appear on Trovo and Tencent. There are all kinds of platforms that he could go to. So I'm just going to tell you this. You can be curious, that's fine. Feel bad for Dr. Disrespect? Heck no. Do not feel bad about him, because do you honestly think he cares about his ban? I'm just going to go ahead and answer for him right now. I'm going to answer for Guy Beam. I don't think he cares one bit that he has been banned. And I think he is loving the fact that everybody is talking about it right now. Why? That's going to make him, it's going to remind him about how relevant he still is in the community. And I guarantee you, the day that he resurfaces on a different streaming network, he is going to have just as big a following, probably even bigger. He's probably going to have a different name, and he's probably going to have a blonde golden perm. It's going to be some some weird uh, new wig, and he's probably going to have a new moniker, but he's going to be bigger than ever. That's it. That's what I've got to say about Dr. Disrespect. I I personally don't care if he's gone or he's there at all. It's, he's not a person I have ever followed. I've seen him come across our news feed. We've reported on him a couple of times, him and PewDiePie and Ninja. 
I just, I, I, I've never understood why they were big. I've never cared enough to understand why they were huge. I've never watched them on streaming. You get to that point where you've got that many fans, you lose your personal connection. I'm sorry, you do. I mean, Nerd Informance Gaming, the Church of Horrible Gaming, got 21 followers, so on and so forth. And that community, I mean, you get to that point where you've got the fame and you've got the fans, you've got everybody following you. You just, you can't keep up anymore and you disconnect. So he's probably going to resurface. Keep your eye on him if you care. And he's probably going to show up as as a different name. And a whole new moniker, but that's that's all I got on Doctor Disrespect. Cool, well, something to look out for, I guess. Yep. Uh, totally separate, unrelated news. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, it's we, totally different. We, this is to- I don't, there's no graceful way to transition into this, but we got some interesting and saddening news. At least it makes me sad. Uh, from actor Mike Henry, who is probably best known for portraying the role of Cleveland on Family Guy, as well as the Cleveland Show for the last two decades, uh, and he released the following statement. Quote, it's been an honor to play Cleveland on Family Guy for 20 years. I love this character, but persons of color should play characters of color. Therefore, I will be stepping down from the role, end quote. So, very surprising turn of events. Uh, To my knowledge, no one has specifically called out Mike Henry and requested for him to, to do this. He is doing this completely on his own. Uh, but, you know, I, I love Family Guy. Uh, I love the characters there. Um, I've always been a huge fan of Cleveland. I, I remember watching the Cleveland show when it first debuted, and I was a fan from the beginning because uh, they even had a bear. So I, I was a huge fan of that. So I, I, I'm interested to see who they're going to have to come in to replace that voice, or is Cleveland just going to be done from the, the whole Family Guy universe? Uh, w- what the game plan is there? Seth McFarland, to my knowledge, has not released any information or a statement regarding uh, this announcement. So I guess we should just wait and see. They'll set it up. The show is going to be fine. Mike Henry will continue to get work. He will be a key. He will continue to be a legend in the voicing community. And I, I just want to say I have a huge amount of respect for him for the decision that he made. Yeah, 100%. And he's created a domino effect because his story was not the only one. Within the week from the time, or I should say the last four days since that announcement came out, there have been other actors and actresses that have stepped away from prominent voicing roles in the community for that same reason. So a precedent has been set good on him for speaking up and hopefully it will provide great vocal opportunities for very talented people, whether they be African-American or they be in a minority group, they will have an opportunity to get equal talent under the radar with these big shows. Yep. Yep. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, here we go. Um, August round two, (laughs) round two. This is round two. We started with tenant folks. We're back up here talking about Disney And Disney has delayed the theatrical uh, release of Mulan. It's been pushed back for a third time. It's now going to be hitting the big screen on August 21st. So August really has become a a dumping ground for these these summer movies that really have abandoned the month of July. And really, they were kind of billing Mulan as the one that was really going to kick off the season. It was supposed to really kick things off. Tenet was going to be in there, and then we were off to the races as far as the movie season for the summer. And there was people saying now that that had gotten shuffled out into August, that the summer movie season was pretty much over. It was not going to be able to be salvaged at this point. And Tenet, a part of that. But I hate to say this, we're not done. So look for Mulan, August 21st. We've got more news coming up here in the podcast about films that have been uh, abandoning the month of July. Yeah. Uh, This is some sad news. And and I I was... uh, Honored that I had the chance to, to share this on the page and as well as honored that, that the, our community responded the way they did. Uh, but Kelly Asbury, um, he directed Ugly Dolls, Shrek 2, as well as Spirit. Um, he passed away at the age of 60 this week after a battle with cancer. Um, he also directed Smurfs, The Lost Village, as well as, well as Nomeo and Juliet. Uh, and he served as a storyboard artist and story consultant in for numerous films, including Toy Story, Kung Fu Panda, Frozen, The Addams Family, uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Um, you know, j- just he did so many things and he had his hand in so many pies. Uh, and it's just fantastic. And he's also had, had small voice cameo roles in multiple of his films, especially ones that the ones that he directed or w- was a part of. So uh, definitely going to be missed in the animation community. Um, he played a big part in some of my favorite films. So definitely sad to see him go. 
You know, a story that uh, came out uh, going back a few days on the 26th, taking you back to 1987. And this was this was proof positive that you want to read the entire story through yeah. before you uh, before you jump on that heart attack on the on the on the hate bandwagon. And, and a few of our followers did that real quick. And, you know, God love you, each and every one of your opinions on our social channels, friends. I, I just say I, I love reading all of them. But this one you wanted to read from start to finish because it wasn't exactly what you thought it was going to be. Princess Bride getting a do-it-yourself makeover. Now, keep in mind, in that opening sentence, we didn't say anything about reboot, remake, rehash, sequel, follow-up. None of that was used. Makeover. Now, the project is being helmed by Juno director Jason Reitman, who has previously staged live readings of the film's script. And the remake was shot entirely at home by each cast member using their phones beginning June 29th. So it's pretty much uh, already underway right now. Quibi is releasing chapters of the fan-made movie every day for two weeks. So that's going on right now. So if you're a Quibi subscriber, you're already watching this and you're probably already looking at burning your phone. <laughs> Star-studded cast, including couples Joe Jonas, Sophie Turner, Common, Tiffany Haddish, Neil Patrick Harris, and David Burtka, Chris Pine, Annabelle Wallace, Hugh Jackman, Jennifer Garner, Elijah Wood, John Hamm, Beanie Feldston, Lucas Hedges, Jenny Ortega, Jack Black, David Oluwa, Keegan-Michael Key, Patton Oswalt, Josh Gad, Andy Serkis, Diego Luna, Taika Waititi, and Zazy Beats, and even more. So really, it's a who's who of anybody installed with this little do-it-yourself makeover for Princess Bride. Watch it for what it is if you're curious, but don't burn the house down because no, it is not a full reboot or a professional remake of The Princess Bride. It is still untouched as of right now. Yeah, I, I don't have this little 10-minute video app on my phone. I don't really care to. Yeah, but, uh, but, but Jennifer Gardner was kind enough to release some of her pieces that she added in there to her Facebook page, so I watched a little bit of that. What'd you think? Uh, very funny. Uh, of course, I love Jennifer Gardner to death. Uh, you know, I, I'm ready to become Mr. Jennifer Gardner whenever she's ready. Have fun still uh, in the castle. Yeah. <laughs> but she, uh, she she's really funny, and she was playing multiple different roles, so it's not like each actor has been assigned one single role. They're, they're playing all of them and, and yeah. at different parts in the movie. So it's very exciting that, that they did this. However, like multiple members of our community, uh, I almost had a heart attack when I read that lead into that story because <laughs> I was just like, you know, uh, and I and I didn't I didn't rewrite anything in that as well either. Yeah, well, and I, pro I probably could have maybe like tempered things a little bit, but I'm like, as soon as I started reading the reactions, I'm like, yep, jumping the gun just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and on to round three of movie pushbacks. Um, oh, stop it! Don't do this to me. Uh, Quit it. Our friends Bill and Ted—they've now been hit themselves. Bill and Ted face the music has been officially pushed back to August twenty eighth. Can we do like a duel of bogus together? Like, like I'll just count us down. Like three, two, one. Bogus, bogus man. That is like that is most non non. <laughs> Non, 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 non triumphant dudes. That's heinous. That's bogus. That is just like, you know, it makes me want to Melvin the Reaper. I, I just, that, that disappoints me. But again, August is going to be great. But if we, if August gets vacated, I'm going to riot. And I, I'm worried about the health personally of Evan Bauer right now, because <laughs> oh, every Evan. time we posted something, Relative to a film being pushed back, I know Evan wanted to comment. I know he did. He literally got to a point where those posts, I think, were beating him down emotionally so much to the point it's like, I've just got nothing else to say. He, I, he I, may I can't stop. do it anymore. He may unfollow us. No. <laughs> so, Evan, I just want to apologize to you and just know that I am seriously thinking about your health, and I wish that we could stop reporting such negative news <laughs> relative to films being pushed out of the release window. All right. He's been the man of social media right now, uh, without question. Everybody is talking about Michael Keaton. Why? Because Michael Keaton's got a real chance at coming back as Batman. As Batman in the Flash movie, which finally gave that movie some positive buzz that it very, very much needed between yeah. Ezra Miller's hijinks and it potentially being stuck in development hell. Um, you know, scripts being rewritten, directors jumping in and out. I just, I just want to remind you that the film's Helmer is Andy Muschietti, who has tackled the uh, two It remakes. The guy's got the pedigree, and I think he's got the power to close the deal with Keaton. Now, what I'm going to tell you here has the story has grown, yeah, a little bit. 
Additional information, again, Keaton is in talks to return as Batman. He's going to return as Bruce Wayne. He's not going to play Flashpoint Thomas Wayne. Keaton will appear in full costume as Batman, and there is no Thomas Wayne in the Flash script. And apparently, grain of salt, because I don't like expanding on stories that have not been proven by other sources, and you can use your imagination on who those sources are, but they're talking potentially... And it's interesting enough for me to just at least mention on the podcast that Keaton's role could be equivalent to Sam Jackson's role as Nick Fury. Mm -hmm. Could be for multiple appearances, and he could be kind of that shepherder, that father figure, that mentor. And honestly, I like that concept a lot because I wanted Keaton to have screen time. Whatever this deal is, whatever is finalized, proven, 100% fact, I want it to be meaty for Keaton. If he's coming back as Batman... I don't want them to half-ass it. Pardon my language. I want him to have the time. Mm-hmm. He deserves it. Yeah. He's my Batman. Yeah, he, he desperately needs to be there as a main course in the Flash film. No it, appetizers, it, it, right? It, it can't be a cameo. It can't be like a poster on the wall. He, he needs to have a meaty script. Um, and, and just to add on here, clearly with both the uh, Hollywood Reporter, this is where we're getting this additional information after the initial information was leaked from the uh, news source, The Wrap, uh, that Keaton could be returning. Uh, this information came from sources who spoke with The Hollywood Reporter. And the fact that they've mentioned Flashpoint Thomas Wayne not once but twice tells me that the initial Flash movie most likely will not be Flashpoint. Which I'm happy with, because uh, I, I say they I, don't need to jump into that. They, right they away. don't. I, I and you know as much as I want it to happen because it could be a way for them to completely restart and reboot, re-kick off the DCEU. Because frankly, we're we're, we're in trouble with the loss of Baflick, and you know, is Henry Cavill coming back? Yes or no? We we don't know. He says he wants to. He says he wants to play Superman for the rest of his life. But 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 who knows at this point if he will I'll, have time to ever come back? I'll say Warner Brothers really needs to be ashamed of themselves as far as their press control and getting their roster of actors. I mean, in line. I mean, everything is just so up in the air. I mean, we don't know what's going to go on with Momoa. We've heard that. I've heard that reports that he's unhappy. Uh, we don't. You know, Amber Heard at this point right now she's out. She's not coming back as Mara. But I mean. Everything is in flux. It is so much in flux. And Warner Brothers just seems to me like they're just letting everything go. They're just they're not trying to put any damage control on reporting that's coming out or stories. I mean, if they've got Cavill locked in, I would be the first one at Warner Brothers to say, put out a dang press release, get on it, yeah. and tell them we have negotiated with Henry Cavill. He's locked in as Superman. And go so far as to tell people how many appearances the guy's got. Yeah. It's gotten out of hand, and they're not doing anything to control the flow. And here's what my worry is. With all this information coming out right now, are they are they deliberately waiting until we get to the DC Fandom event that's coming in August, I believe? Or are we deliberately waiting for that to take place before they make anything official? If that's the case, shame on them for waiting that long. That should not be the case whatsoever. Like you said, if they got Cavill... Put it down in red paint. Make it make it happen. If they've got Keaton lined up for the Flash movie, and he's signed a contract and he's going to be there, put the official let paper the, lettering yeah. out and let people know. Let's have a parade for Pete's sake. Michael Keaton is returning as Bruce Wayne. We should be celebrating. But now, right now, we're having to d- discuss grains of salt rumors, and I don't I don't like that. I with Marvel, it's not that way. When Marvel somebody says, "Hey, they're in talks to return." is this character or appears this character the next day marvel's got a statement out from kevin feige said yep that's accurate that's happening so there's no guessing yeah. there's no you know what ifs it just the way the press has been handled it really just doesn't give fans a lot of confidence that that, yeah. that warner brothers knows what they're doing with their stable their roster their franchise the dceu and as jumbled as that is people just can't can't get excited about a project because it doesn't seem like anybody's got control yeah so if somebody from the DCEU, Warner Brothers, is listening right now and wants to hire a couple good-looking guys who know their stuff, just give Nerd Informants a call, okay? We'll, we'll, get, we'll do your press releases. We'll make it happen. We're, Direct we're, numbers on Facebook, by the yeah, way. Yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty good. We're pretty good at what we do. So <laughs> maybe give us a shot to, uh, to help you guys turn things around. Good get behind the scenes, by the way, buddy, on Facebook. I like this post, and uh, a lot of people did as well. I had some great interaction, giving us some previously unseen images from uh, Avengers Infinity War. 
Yeah, it, it was definitely interesting to see these. Um, I was kind of surprised that they they put them out. You know, speaking of Marvel being as great th- as they are, they, they handed these over to Disney Plus to put on Facebook, and people just lost their everything <laughs> trying to be pg here uh but the the they lost uh, their minds uh with it's some okay. of these I bl- pictures I, I believe you can say crap they lost their crap they really did because <laughs> uh, i because I, I mean you, you've got some great shots of you know chris evans and chris hemsworth sitting under umbrellas uh, on on the playing field on during the battle of wakanda i might add clearly there's stuff going on behind them <laughs> and they're just chilling under their umbrellas uh you know chadwick boseman's getting ready to run into battle and showing some of the the camera equipment stuff surrounding him the same thing for scarlett johansson uh you know th- there's so many great pictures here if you haven't checked them out go to any of our social media channels i've posted them all there um they're definitely worth taking a look at because uh, it- it's extraordinary that even though uh infinity war came out um over a year ago now that they were still able to get glimpses and some excitement from that movie two years ago now so yeah i know it's been so long but still it can generate buzz so easily that's how beloved those films are i will say this if you haven't seen it yet it's up to 14 shares it's got a lot of views and if it had to come to an end it had to come to an end in the biggest and best way possible i loved all 45 minutes of it Watch it all the way to the end. You will love the ending because it's such a flattering tribute to John Hughes, and it's got some really awesome cameos. But Josh Gad's Reunited Apart has come to an end for now. Mm-hmm. It could come back. Season one. We don't know. You know, I mean, season one, we could get a season two. There's been no announcements, but if Gad wants to do it, it's it's his to lose. I mean, he's done such an amazing job. But the last one is out right now. It's the reunion with the Ferris Bueller's Day Off cast. And all I'll say is watch it. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. I've not yet watched it. It's on my to-do list. You're going to love it. Um, I, honestly, I need to re-watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Kind of, I kind of feel like I need to re-watch that before I watch the reunion. Because I've got to be honest with you, buddy, and you might hate me for this, but I've never watched the movie all the way through. What? I've seen chunks and pieces throughout the years. I think I've seen the beginning of the film at least a dozen times and the ending even probably more than that. But the middle stuff, I mean, I know there's a car that goes out of a garage and there's some time in the swimming pool and there's something about a parade. Um, And, you know, Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. I know that because, like I told you, I met Ben Stein at CFO, which was really cool. The Holly Um, Smoot Tariff Act raised, (laughs) raised or lowered taxes. It did not work, and the United States sunk deeper into the Great Depression. Oh, wow. You should open your own Branson show. Josh Grisham is Ben Stein. Bueller. Fry. (laughs) Fry. I mean, it's a classic. And you know what's going to pair up well with your dinner, by the way? What's that? Ferris Bueller on Netflix. Oh, hey, is that it's, on there? It's on Netflix. Well, I guess maybe I should take the time to, to make that happen. We just made his plans, but it's out now. And, and please check it out, friends. I mean, you'll, you'll love every second of it. Again, stay to the very end. A fitting wrap-up and a loving tribute to John Hughes, who was a master, a master of his craft in making those teen comedies. Yep. I mean, nobody has been able to emulate or recreate his, his charm, his deft ability behind the camera. Jennifer Hudson. This one slipped underneath the radar until the poster came out of nowhere. And then, of course, the trailer came along with it. Um, Respect. The Queen arrives December. Now, this could be one of those big winter films, just like uh, Ray was and several of the other uh, music biopics, Bohemian Rhapsody among them. Will Jennifer Hudson shine or will we have that effect where we just see Jennifer Hudson and not Aretha? That's what I'm worried about, because Jennifer Hudson is already a great singer and she's got her own distinct sound. I think the story is going to be done justice. I think there's a lot to tell in Aretha's life. It's going to be a beautiful movie, but I'm afraid I'm not going to see Aretha. I think I'm just going to see Jennifer Hudson. And I think that's the one risk factor with her portraying Aretha. Yeah, I I love her to death. She's an incredible, incredible uh, talent. But yeah, I I do agree with you, um, which is why I'm kind of worried that this did kind of come under the radar. It's like they they really didn't talk about it. They didn't make any announcements ahead of time. And then all of a sudden it was just here. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to see it though. I'm, 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 I love those types of things. I'm curious to see if it's going to be more like rocket man or if it's going to be more like Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. So w- which direction they take from there. So, 
Uh, that, that should definitely be interesting. Uh, I, I feel like we've talked about this so much, pretty much every podcast, because Netflix is just <laughs> speaking as somebody that does great their marketing. Uh, Netflix um, released another trailer for the Umbrella Academy season two, uh, which will be arriving in exactly one month from tomorrow. Uh, today, technically, if tomorrow was June 31st, I could say one month from tomorrow, but there's we're it's July 1st tomorrow. Um, I'm excited to see this. I, I love the tagline. Same weird family, new weird problems. Uh, I, I, I think that fits it perfectly. I'm excited to see this. Um, if you want to hear more about my enthusiasm for this, go listen to our other four podcasts that are already out because I'm pretty sure I, I've drowned you out by, by talking about that over time. So I'll leave it there. Can't wait. Next month, Netflix, we've got a date. July 31st, mark it down. The Umbrella Academy will return. Colin Kaepernick and Ava DuVernay are teaming for a scripted series about the NFL quarterback's high school years at Netflix. Apparently, there is a story that needs to be told. Six-episode series currently titled Colin in Black and White. It's going to provide a look at Kaepernick's early life as a black child growing up with a white adopted family and his journey to become a great quarterback while defining his identity. The series will also explore what led him to become a civil rights advocate. So that could be something very, very special. And if you got your Netflix queue, make sure it's ready to watch that six-episode series. Uh, I think, what are we up to now? Round four? Round four in the disappointing movie news? Yeah, this is uh, round four. It's yeah. gotten ugly. I feel like I've just been beaten to a bloody pulp by this. Uh, AMC Theaters have once again delayed the reopening and they will now open on July 30th. So exactly one month from today, they will be reopened. Hopefully we're praying that that will be the case. Uh, I think no more delays. I think Regal is in the same boat. I, I think I've read something similar that Regal will be opening just mm -hmm. in time for Russell Crowe's new movie on the 31st. So Broadway, um, not movie related, but this one was uh, an ugly blow to the live show dynamic, especially in NYC. Broadway is going to remain closed for the rest of the year. So I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of big shifts, musicals finding their way to Disney Plus and other streaming outlets as well to kind of keep <laughs> the interest reenthused and reinvigorated yep. until Broadway actually returns for live shows, but that was a big hit there. Yeah, personally, I would very much love to see Beetlejuice, the musical, hit some sort of streaming service or just come out on DVD. I know they literally just started, um, but given the chance of me not being able to go to a theater and watch it, and probably ever, <laughs> I would love for them to go ahead and put that out there. Uh, Call of Duty Warzone. They uh, did a 200-player match things starting uh yesterday that, that actually started yesterday so yep. cool on them the drop uh, the drop and the patch came out uh, overnight um i tested it briefly uh they have a new multiplayer map that is out but the big news is warzone players loving the fact that they can mix it up with 200 players concurrent in a single match and of course that is out uh, for Call of Duty. So whether you're on console or on PC, rest assured, dear friends, they have not let you down in the fact that if you want to play this and you want to get involved in it, you've got to sit back and relax through a 21 gigabyte download before you can play. Yes, the massive patch sizes continues to happen with Call of Duty. And I think right now, many of us are pushing 200 gigs north of that just for this one game alone, which is wow. absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Speaking of games that are not large, but this is also free if you are keeping up your PlayStation Plus membership, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Erica, and NBA 2K20 are going to be next month's PlayStation Plus games for the month of July. So make sure you're paid up and enjoy PlayStation Plus with some new games on the roster. Uh, this is kind of cool. At least I, I think so. Others may not agree, but Amazon Prime Video has launched a new watch party feature, which uh, will let you watch your favorite shows with up to 100 other people. So you can all stream together. Uh, I, I think that's an interesting feature so people can comment on it. So it's, I guess kind of like a Facebook live video almost. Uh, I will so say that is that is very, very cool. I might have a hard time finding 100 people to be online concurrently with me to watch something to really 
take full advantage of that feature. So, so I guess my question is, and, and you, since you, you put this together, you may have read this, but d- does that mean that, you know, you have the option of watching it with your friends or does it just, you turn it on and it's already, you know, the stream's already happening. So people are already there watching and you're just watching I, it with them. I believe you're going to have to worry about copyright potential there being an issue. And I'm assuming that they will have privacy functionality as well. So you can either open it up or you can keep it private and then you can invite people. Kind of like, kind of like the new messenger rooms situation with Facebook, which I have yet to test out or use. Yeah. So definitely interesting. Talk to me about debris with NBC. Now you had this story uh, and it generated a little bit of buzz. I, I, I'm hopeful that this is going to be good because it feels, I feel like anytime they try to do any alien centric mystery drama, anything like that on TV, it just never pans out more than a season. Uh, but, uh, but I think this has potential to be good. So NBC has ordered the alien spacecraft drama debris to series. Uh, believe it or not, it was the only pilot to get picked up because it's the only pilot that actually finished shooting before the pandemic production shutdown took place. Uh, so debris follows two agents from two different com- continents and two different mindsets who must work together to investigate when wreckage from a destroyed alien spaceship has mysterious effects on humankind. So I'm assuming a spacecraft crashes, people start acting weird because of it, yada, yada, yada. We'll see what happens. Uh, Jonathan Tucker is going to be playing one of the agents as well as British actress Rianne Steele. Rianne Steele. uh, And uh, she's going to be playing a member of MI6 while he's going to be a member of the CIA. So mixing agencies, mixing continents, mixing mindsets. Going to be dramatic. So uh, no no debut date on that yet. No series premiere date yet. So, But we'll keep you up to that because I'm curious to watch this. I think it could be interesting. Real quick, Quibi News. They're teaming up with Blumhouse Television again, developing a scripted murder mystery series. Now, this is created by author Anthony Horowitz and the working title, Nine Bodies in a Mexican Morgue, which I really like that title a yeah. lot. Very unique. Follows the tale of nine strangers who find themselves lost in a remote Mexican jungle after their small plane crashes. The plot thickens as members are murdered one by one, and the remaining survivors must solve the mystery before they become next. Oh, interesting indeed. I'm I'm excited uh, to see that. It might even be worth getting QB, you know, who knows? QB, Quibby, whatever you want to call it. Quabby. Fortnite Battle Royale celebrating its three-year anniversary at the end of July. Now, in a symbolic gesture, recognizing its immense popularity, it's finally going to be shedding its early access label. So more than likely, the next time you boot up the game, the early access label will disappear. Not anything as far as significant shifts outside of that one small change. Multi-billion dollar title with hundreds of millions of players and numerous updates, season, and events, Epic has decided that the multiplayer shooter, as well as its player versus experience sibling, Save the World, will no longer carry the tag as the company shifts the development cycles for parts of its popular franchise. Oh, man, I, I don't... This broke my heart when I saw this, and, I, and I'm glad you took care of uh, posting this because I, I probably would have wrote like 15 paragraphs uh, of stuff putting it together, but uh, the, the great... Legendary Carl Reiner passed away uh, at the age of 98. Um, He passed away Monday night in his Beverly Hills home, surrounded by his family. I mean, this guy is legendary. I mean, from the Dick Van Dyke show uh, all the way to, you know, Ocean's 8, the the, the Danny Ocean franchise. Uh, It's just the dude did so much in his career and you know we could probably do an entire podcast just talking about how great this guy was and how legendary of a talent he is. Uh, so, but I mean, we, we had him for 98 great years. Um, I, I, I'd say that's an impressive run for anybody, especially in show business. Oh yeah. Um, you know, the, the gene pool in that family. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. Because Carl was a legend in his career and truly did it all in his 98 years, but his legacy lives on within his family Mm -hmm. and his legacy and his talent and his ability lives through his son rob yeah without a doubt rob is without question i mean he hasn't done a lot of acting but his direction Mm -hmm. stellar 
Yeah. Absolutely amazing. And you just, my heart goes out to Rob. My heart goes out to the rest of the family, the Reiner family. Uh, his legacy is one that uh, is going to live on in Hollywood. Yeah. And sadly, another one of those in memoriam situations for 2020. Just not yeah. not been kind taking our legends away from us. But Carl Reiner certainly will be uh, will be missed. One for the ages in Hollywood. Uh, in other Netflix news, um, oh, exciting but also sad. I, I think. Um, but Ozark with uh, my 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 favorite. Probably one of my favorite Netflix shows um, has been renewed for a season four. Um, however, this season four will also be its last. Um, the whole four seasons going to consist of 14 episodes, but it's going to be split down the middle. So two parts. So Ozark season four, part one, and then part two. So they're trying to take that dynamic that they pulled off with uh, Fuller House and split the final season into two halves. So I wonder, it should be interesting to see. I wonder in the fact that it has been renewed for its fourth and final season, I wonder if they'll finally actually film in the area in which it's set and leave Georgia. Do you think they might do that as a as a clever uh, little switch? It, it would be cool to see Marty Bird actually in Branson. Like, I, I got to be honest. Like, I, I feel like at the end of the series – like they, they should like take a vacation to Branson. Like they've talked, <laughs> they've talked about Branson at least once every season. Um, I, I've not made it all the way through season three, but, but it's on my to-do list. Um, but they, they've talked about Branson literally every season and they've yet to come. So they, they definitely need to make that happen. You know, have Yakov to do a guest appearance or something, you know, uh, anything, you know, call the nerd informants, let them be on the show. Come on, Netflix, make it happen. I, you know, no offense to Yakov, but I think the Nerdformers would be a much better uh, choice for the uh, season finale, the series finale for Ozark, in my opinion. You got a great bit of news here that kind of came out of, out of nowhere, and it's got yeah. some very interesting names that you probably never would have associated with the characters. But apparently Nickelodeon is creating a new CG animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Now, I want to stress that this is a movie and this is not a series. This is not a cartoon. This is a standalone movie. Now, the reboot is teaming with Point Grey Pictures, Seth Rogen. Now, that's why I say this name you wouldn't really associate with Ninja Turtles. Evan Goldberg, James Weaver producing, and Jeff Rowe will be directing. Now, Brendan O'Brien will write the screenplay, and Paramount will handle global distribution on the film. I love Turtles. I love the Ninja Turtles. I'm excited for this news, but I really... When it said CGI, my heart sank a little bit because yep. I wanted them to get back to 1991 Turtles. Yeah. You know, go back go back to the men in suit. I know it's really uncomfortable. I don't want the incredibly horrid-looking suits they used in TMNT Part 3. Go back to 91, 92, Secret of the U's and the original uh, Turtle suits because those still kept... That realism factor, they weren't yep. like overly caricatures of themselves. Um, I'm sure that Robbie Rist would love to have the work. I would love to see him come back and revoice Mikey. I would like to see Corey Feldman come back and voice Donatello. Get some of those original cast members back and 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 get back to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but either way, I'm excited. It's more content. It's more life in the Turtles. I, I love the fact that they continue to, to find their grasp, whether it's through animation, cartoons, Nickelodeon, or other fronts. So this is exciting news. And Seth Rogen, I think that's going to be the wild card in the factor. It could bring us something that uh, is awesome. Yeah, uh, I, I, I totally agree. You know, and he, he, here's the thing. After the uh, turtle pizza party was held with uh, Judith Hogue, who, of course, played uh, April O'Neil in the original series, and uh, series of movies, I should say, I was really hoping that that was going to be like a stepping stone for a proper sequel to any of those films yeah. or a reboot with the costumes. Um, cause, cause let, let's be honest what they did nearly 30 years ago, uh, w with those movies and those costumes, what they could do now with the technology they have with 3d printing and whatnot to improve how those costumes are shaped and built and how they would look on camera. I, I, I just, I can't even imagine the potential that is there. So I totally agree with you. I, I would definitely love to see that happen because man, oh man, was I so excited when they said Michael Bay is going to be directing a live action Ninja Turtle film. And then I cried for about a year and then they announced it 
he's doing a second movie, but this time, Stephen Amell, the Green Arrow, will be playing Casey Jones, and I got excited again and hopeful, and then I watched it, and then I cried for another year because, man, oh, man, were those films just poop. Poop, poop, poop. The only good part about those films was Stephen Amell as Casey Jones. I would love for him to return in that role in some capacity because I thought he was great in that. But other than that, poop. Poop. I mean, it's essentially like somebody coming up to you and saying, hey, did you know that Eli Roth is going to be making a Candyland movie? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's you know, it, it's... I'm going to give this one the benefit of the doubt because I, I love Ninja Turtles. I want to see more Ninja Turtles, and I'm I'm going to put my trust in Seth Rogen. Yeah. I feel like I could trust Seth Rogen more any day of the week than I would trust Michael Bay. Yeah, now the the, the TM, TMNT movie that they came out that, that had that CG animation, and I'm tr- trying to look up the year real quick, but... And it was... Uh, the CGI was horrible. Oh, it was horrible, but I liked the storyline. I, I really do. Um, and frankly... I mean, I love that they faced off against Bebop and Rocksteady in the second. Yeah. Because Bebop and Rocksteady are classic villains. If yeah. you can't have Shredder and Krang, so on and so forth, I mean, they completely got Shredder wrong. Shredder was was so far over the top. You know, robotic Shredder? No. Yeah. No. Orokusaki Shredder. That's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Splinter was really, really cool, but... Still, it wasn't the Splinter that I grew up with, and you know, I just no, no. Yeah. So, so let me rephrase this. The beginning of the movie was cool because it started off with them all being separated, mm-hmm. and and the film was about reunited the turtles and reuniting their purpose and, and their mission together. And I enjoyed that aspect of it. I think uh, more than anything. So, if they could improve that by through this new reboot. CG animation film that Seth Rogen's got his finger in the pie in. Uh, I, I'm hopeful. I really am. Apparently, the, the current TV show on Nickelodeon is doing really well. Um, the Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Apparently, it's doing really well, even though I don't agree with the animation style or the character designs. Um, kids love it. So, I mean, Turtles could be making a comeback. We'll see. Original episodes of Schoolhouse Rock are now on Disney Plus, and we've already had followers uh, through our social channels that have been revisiting all the fun of the original Schoolhouse Rock. But if you want to get your fix, start at the beginning, go all the way to the end. Binge, binge, binge on Disney Plus with Schoolhouse Rock. Mm, I'm just a bill. Conjunction, junction. Mm, <laughs> it's good stuff. It's good stuff. You, Element, it's my elementary school days. So you have to know one. You remember it fondly, huh? Oh, way too much. I, I'm pretty sure I learned more from Schoolhouse Rock than I did my actual teachers. Excuse me for any of my teachers that are actually listening. Um, but yeah, Schoolhouse Rock did a really good job. I think a fitting way to end this podcast, episode five in season one of the Informants Nerdcast with a call to action. We have an opportunity as lovers of film and cinema to rejoin the reopening efforts of our friends over at Branson's IMAX Entertainment Complex, as I am proud to say and welcome them back, their July 1st reopening. So if you have an opportunity, go out there to the IMAX and relive the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy, as they will be offering up an opportunity to see it for a unique price, and this is a great value for the IMAX, $10, all ages, you can go check out Batman Begins. The Dark Knight Rises, and The Dark Knight. Different showtimes. You can, of course, see still some of the Ozarks uh, uh, IMAX adventure films. And then in the Elite Cinema 3, you can go and check out the Lego movie, the original. You can check out August Rush, which is a great touchy-feely, heartwarming film. And then an iconic film. And I am so glad they brought this back because as a nerd... It'll give me the opportunity to go and watch it for the first time on the giant screen. I have owned numerous copies of the film from VHS all the way to DVD and Blu-ray. The Goonies. You will be able to see the truffle shuffle on the giant screen in the Elite Cinema 3. So I just got to give a shout out to Tom and everybody. Whoever's idea it was to put the Goonies up on the screen, well played, well done. And I have to say thank you. That's going to be fun. Uh, it's definitely something us here at Nerd Informants have been advocating for a long time and, and praying and hoping that, that this would be possible. And so the, the whole team 
uh, at the IMAX. I'm, I'm just so thrilled and excited for you guys to be making this happen. Uh, hopefully that this will be super successful and it will lead to avenues like this in the future. Even once, you know, the, the regular film schedule, you know, returns, uh, because man, I, I, I just am so excited at the prospect of seeing some classic films that like you said, like Goonies, you never got to see it in the big sh- screen. I, I never got to see any of the Batman films uh, on the big screen. So, I mean, it, it's a huge thing for, for people of all generations to get to go out to an IMAX or a movie theater and, and get to see those films that they never got to see in theaters for the first time. And it's, it's, it's just an awesome feeling. So I'm excited for our, our partners and our friends over at the IMAX. I'm really, really hoping that people go out and support this effort. Of course, friends, we will continue to inform on all of our social channels. You can stay connected. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Of course, we will continue to see you here in season one. Our next podcast will be coming your way with episode six. So until we see you then, fellow geeks and nerds, we'll see you out and about around Ozark Mountain Country at the movies and beyond. Until we see you then, be Be informed. informed. You've been informed by the Informants Nerdcast, presented by Nerd Informants Media. Find new episodes on Anchor Podcasting Services and stay connected to Nerd Informants on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.